Well, I want to say thank you so much for this opportunity to share something that's on my heart ever since uh, Aaron McKevitt gave us that wonderful message about a month ago uh, about uh, being filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, uh, it was one of my favourite verses, you know. On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth in me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. And uh, I, I heard uh, Aaron open up on that, and I wanted to say, "Yay! That's my, that, that, that's my song. That, that's that's the the one that has been such a blessing to me over the years." So I just want to go back there and have a have a, a look at a few thoughts in connection with that. And I want to say to the music team this morning, hey, you guys know just how to uh, punch my buttons uh, <laughs> with some of those or one of those old songs. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And, and you know, Jesus is here. That is so amazing. The creator of the universe is watching each of us. He knows our names. He knows our circumstances. He's delighted you're here and he wants to speak life and health and peace and forgiveness and every good thing in, in, into your heart. So um, really, my message this morning is about the joy of the Lord. And uh, when I heard Aaron on that verse, I thought of that song that we used to sing years ago, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And uh, 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 kind of one of the verses is attached to this uh, passage in John chapter 7. It says, he gives me living water and I thirst no more. And uh, another verse, which is not so often sung, but one which I uh, want to emphasise a bit this morning, is if you want living water, you must ask for it. If you want living water, you must ask for it. And also another verse, he heals the brokenhearted and they cry no more. Father, we're in your holy presence. We want to hear your voice. We want you to touch our hearts with faith and expectation and your joy this morning. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this song absolutely confirms my conviction that the, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Many of you will know that's uh, out of the Westminster Confession. And long years ago, in 1959 to be precise, and I was 27 years old, I wrote this quote from the Westminster Confession 
uh, in the opening passage of my scheme of work as a young teacher. Uh, I don't know whether they do it this way nowadays, but we used to have to do a weekly workbook and uh, we also had to, we were working on a scheme of work, which was actually uh, your philosophy of education and how it integrated with your worldview. And so I put the chief end of man as to uh, glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I'll never forget my school inspector coming and stubbing his thumb on the, on the desk in front of me and saying, I do not agree with uh, your opening statement. However, 60 years later, I'm more convinced than ever that that's <laughs> that what life is all about. And uh, in fact, I'd like to reverse the order, actually, uh, chosen by the Westminster Divines, they said uh, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I'd like to reverse it and say the chief end of man is to uh, enjoy him forever and glorify God. Because unless you're enjoying him, I tell you what, you won't be glorifying him. And... Uh, how on earth are we supposed to glorify God anyway? I tell you what, it doesn't, it's not us. It's, it's a reflection. And it's enjoying his presence and company that makes the light shine in and out. So uh, that was uh, what I had on my scheme of work. But I must confess that for many years... I struggled with this enjoying God thing. You ask yourself, how easy is it to enjoy the company of someone you imagine to be disappointed, even disgusted with you at times, and disapproving of you? Uh, most of us just don't want to be around somebody like that. We just want to uh, be somewhere else. And I can think of lots of reasons why God would be disapproving of me, if not downright angry. I tended to imagine God as frowning. No wonder prayer and Bible study often seemed like a duty or a chore. It also convinced me that I was unlikely to get my prayers answered or even listened to. Didn't the Bible say somewhere that uh, if I hid iniquity in my heart, the Lord wouldn't hear me? At a subliminal level, this idea of a hard-to-please God affected my prayers to be filled with the Holy Spirit too. Sure, I understood that I was saved by faith in the death of Christ on my behalf and not by my own efforts. But wasn't being filled with the Spirit uh, some sort of special blessing reserved for those who deserved it? But anyway, I kept on asking and seeking and knocking 
as Luke tells us to do in uh, chapter 11. And uh, uh, on numerous occasions, I was uh, prayed for by assorted gurus and, and, and sometimes with dramatic encounters with God, I might say. Though I'm not putting down uh, being prayed for. In fact, uh, I was l listening to Mike Pilavachi, who's an Anglican uh, preacher on, on YouTube this week, and he said he always came to the front when there was an offer for prayer, uh, whether it was for uh, uh, healing or health or to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, and he said he found himself in the prayer line on one occasion and discovered that the prayer line was being prayed for those who found it difficult to conceive. And <laughs> since he was a single man, uh, he, he uh, really didn't, uh, it didn't fit. However... If you want the blessing of God, you've got to go after it. And, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, God, God is not a reluctant God. He's not holding out on us uh, at all. So I kept on seeking and knocking, and just, uh, as I say, we had these encounters. And I might say that Jenny and I were mightily blessed by seeing God display his power in dramatic ways in the revival that was taking place in Papua New Guinea when we were there. However, and I want to qualify this a bit, eventually I came to the conclusion that the most important thing I could do on any given day was to spend time in the Word just just hanging out with God, you might say. And about the same time, it increasingly dawned on me just how much God really loves us and enjoys our presence. <laughs> My earlier conviction that God was disgusted with me uh, wasn't right. Do you know that what the most precious thing in the world is, in fact, what the most precious thing to God is. How's this for an answer? It is the thing for which God would pay the highest possible price. If you're a believer, that's you. You are the priceless thing that God spent his very life for. Do you think he's stopped loving you uh, now that Jesus has gone back to heaven and everything? No, he's, he's wanting to meet and engage with and pour out blessing on each of us. I want you to think for a moment of how you savour your latest expensive uh, purchase. You probably admire it. I don't know whether it's a car or whether it's a new stove or what it is, uh, or a new frock, maybe. Uh, and, hey, you really feel good about this. And uh, especially 
your enjoyment of it is commensurate with that, what you paid for it. And God looks at us and he, he sees what he paid for us. And we're precious to him. The devil is always telling us what a disappointment to God we are. And we better get our act together because God is displeased with us. Not so. God looks at the believer and he sees Jesus in us. And he's delighted. And he remembers what he has paid for us. And he's happy with the deal. Well, Isaiah 53, 11 says, He shall see of the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. And we are his most precious possessions. Not kingdoms, not galaxies, not universes, not multiverses, us. And his eye is on us for good, 24-7. He wants to get his life into us. That's what Jesus went to Calvary for. But to get this life uh, uh, into us, there's one thing he needs, and that's our attention. If any man thirst. Let him come to me and drink. So, okay, how do you come to Jesus and how do you drink? Well, it's not rocket science. How do you come to anyone? Well, I hang out with them. I spend time with them. Especially, I listen to them. And it's not hard. Especially if I realize that the person I am with knows me and loves me and approves me and wants to do good things for me. Certainly, coming to Jesus is a little bit different uh, from going out to coffee with a friend. Uh, to begin with, you don't see Jesus. And uh, uh, that brings me to another verse. Without faith, it says in Hebrews, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And some people throw up their hands in despair at this point and say, well, I'm sorry, I just don't have that kind of faith. Well, I want to tell you there's something you can do about it. Don't despair. Because another verse in, Hebrew, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes, and it comes by hearing. And it comes by hearing the word of God. Soak yourself in Scripture. It will speak for itself. God's word listened to, meditated on, chewed over, and memorized will produce faith. It works. And then there's 
that verse in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, that says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those who find them and medicine to all their flesh. We used to have a a teacher when I was in about standard five, I, th I think. It was wartime, of course, and most men teachers were off at the war, but he, he had been uh, 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 medical, uh, uh, medical test had sent him out. But he was, he was an ex-Air Force major, and a big man with a jaw like Winston Peters, uh, well, sorry, not Winston Peters, Winston Churchill. <laughs> and he used to storm into the classroom back in the days when everybody stood up when the teacher came into the room and he'd say, sit down, sit up and shut up and pay attention. And that meant every eye had to be on him and listening. Well, God's not like that. But at the same time, he wants our attention. And how do we do it? We listen to his word. My son, attend to my words. Yeah. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. That means 24-7. Hey, this sounds like discipleship, doesn't it? It sounds like the disciples walking with Jesus 24-7 every day. Not just a, a once a week kind of encounter with God. A daily encounter with God. If he gets your attention in that way, then something's going to happen. And there's another passage I want to bring to your attention too. It's John 6.63. This is a favourite of Jenny's. And uh, she, I can see some of my, our home group uh, uh, putting their hands up because this verse is, is, is a blessing to them too. Uh, what gives life is God's spirit. Man's power is of no use at all. The words that I have spoken to you bring God's life-giving spirit. You live in the word. You open your heart to the word. You memorize the word. You spend the day with the word. And God's life-giving spirit will flow into you. Absolutely. As I say, it's not rocket science. It works. You do it, it'll happen. And uh, uh, so coming to, to Jesus and drinking happens when we embrace God's promises. An old song said, there is life for a look at the crucified one. There is life at this moment for thee. Then look, sinner, look unto him and be saved. Unto him who was nailed to the tree. Okay, come unto me. There's a saying around that whatever gets our attention gets us. If you will look at the goodness of God, you will be drawn to him. 
and that life-giving water will spring up in your innermost being. But we have to ask. If you want living water, you must ask for it. Dale and David Garrett, uh, who were songwriters from our youth, paraphrased Luke 11 this way. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks shall find. To him that knocks, the door shall be opened. So ask, seek, knock. A lot of us had an experience 20 years ago or 30 years ago or however many years ago when somebody prayed for us at the front and we fell down and it was a great time with God and that, hey, but 20 years ago doesn't work for today. You need to be ask and keep on asking and it's, it's a, a, a daily experience and it'll bring the flow into you that was there to spill out when you need it. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm getting too slow. Uh, 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 I, I've got no idea how long I've been going there. Anyway, okay. Uh, I, I want to finish with this verse, a quote from this verse. It's um, 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. Now, uh, I, I almost thought of getting you to, to, to recite this because it's so important. You know, the words, the promises of God, you need to put them in your mouth and speak them out. And when you speak them out, something seems to happen in here. And uh, so here it is. Lost it now. Uh, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. Uh, I want you to imagine a call uh, coming into heaven's call center. And the uh, duty angel picks up the phone and says, hello, who's calling? Uh, one moment, please. Lord, there's a Ben Paulson on the line. <laughs> Wants to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus, wow! Tell him, yes, of course! But on second thoughts, I'll take this one myself. Hello, Ben. Of course I'll fill you with my Spirit. After all, this is what I died for. What's that? You know you don't deserve it? <laughs> Don't worry, 
Nobody has ever deserved it. To be sure, some people have thought they deserved it, but they didn't get it. The only real qualification is being thirsty and asking. And by the way, whenever you need a top-up, just look in my direction. <laughs> the Lord is here. He just wants to get his life that he gave for you into you. It comes through his word, believed and embraced and uh, memorized. Hey, uh, just, just go for it. It works. And uh, uh, I just know that it'll work for you too. Uh, I, I, one of the uh, disadvantages of old age is that you wake up uh, lots of times in the night and uh, uh, waking up in the night the other night I thought hey I'm looking up and Jesus is looking back at me hey anytime you look in his direction he is looking back He's on the job 24-7 and longing for a call home from you. And uh, I was sitting on the edge of my bed and thinking, hey, he's looking back. And I, I kind of had an imagined scene in my mind. I don't know why, but I always imagine a kind of clock face when I'm thinking of calling to God. And... Uh, if you can imagine a clock face with uh, the hand at about two o'clock, that's about where God is in my thinking. Now, this, this, is, this is just imagination, pure imagination. But I, I, I look up and he's smiling and he's wanting to pour out what he gave his life for into my life. Hey, that is what uh, coming to Jesus is. That's what drinking is. It's embracing his promises, aware of his loving smile upon you as you ask. I, I think I better shut up. I, I, I better stop. Uh, but... I want to say this. Uh, this is 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being changed from one degree of glory to another. But we've got to look. We've got to ask. We've got to expect. And we've got to thank God that it's happening. And I tell you what, living water will flow and it'll spill out from time to time. Uh, and hey, you'll enjoy God and make him enjoyable to others too. Beloved, says John, now are we the sons of God 
and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So, there it is. I've written out these verses that I've quoted today, and I've got about six copies here. If anybody wants a, a, a copy of this, you can see me afterwards and take a copy home. Not just to put on your wall. Memorise them. Get them in. Change will happen. Father, we just bless you for your presence. Bless us with the realisation of how much you love us. And we do enjoy you. You are so good. Thank you in Jesus' name.